Hello. This is Lauren and Taylor. This may be a copy of the kids. Okay. I work at a school with the kids, Lord me. Okay. Y'all told me what y'all told me that time y'all said. I just, I, I gotta know what happened to Taylor. Can you tell me anything about how she died? What is up, Ewu crew? Today, we're covering the disturbing case of Taylor McAllister. Even in December, St. Petersburg, Florida can be warm and humid. It was late at night, just three days before Christmas 2016. A sharp squeal of tires broke the quiet that had settled over the city. A white Toyota Tundra revved away from an alley, speeding off into the darkness. Left behind was the body of 22-year-old Taylor McAllister, wearing only a gray t-shirt. Hi. Hi. Hello. Later, when the police arrived on the scene, they would note that she had tire tracks on her legs. They would discover that she had been asphyxiated. On her autopsy, the coroner would rule it a homicide. Three men would face charges for leaving her dead body in that alleyway a year later, but no murder charges would ever be filed. To this day, the McAllister family is still waiting for justice for their daughter. Taylor. Taylor was born on July the 21st, 1994. From a young age, she had loved singing and dancing and grew into a talented vocalist and guitarist. I'm going to cover, attempt to cover Creep by Radiohead. Um, yeah, let me know what you think. Family and friends remember her not just for her love of music and her talent, but for her kind, generous presence in their lives. Hey, uh, it's Taylor Horn here. Hi. Uh, we're going to sing a song called Story. But Taylor's life was hard. Throughout 2015 and 2016, she and her husband, Joshua, had developed an addiction to prescription painkillers and crack cocaine. Taylor had begun to place back page ads looking for a sugar daddy. According to the Tampa Bay Times, in 2016, she found one, Robert Butler III, age 52. Three months before her death, Butler saw her advertisement and the two began to meet up frequently. Allegedly, it would be at Robert Butler's home that she was last seen alive. December 22nd. The following events are as described in official police records. Though it is important to note that no murder charges have been filed and all parties are considered innocent until proven guilty. On December 22nd, Taylor received a phone call from Robert Butler asking if she wanted to come over. Christmas was coming up, and Taylor and Joshua had a pair of 18-month-old twins who were eager for presents. This would be a good opportunity for Taylor to make a little extra money. She agreed. She'd beat up with Butler dozens of times by this point. As the de facto heir to one of St. Petersburg's largest businesses, Bob's Carpet and Flooring, Butler had plenty of money to exchange. What exactly happens next is murky. But what is known is that later that evening, Butler called two of his friends, Deontay Baker and Karan Archer, to come pick up Taylor's barely conscious body from his house. Do you think she was dead at the mm-hmm. house? Mm-hmm. I mean, she, she was still alive. No, she, was, she was alive. You didn't okay. But she's like, ah, oh, like, going crazy. Okay. So then she come woke. Okay. And she was cursing. I, I she, remember. Where, I mean, she was on the bed. She really wasn't doing like that, but she was just. Like, you touched your eyes. She was like, 
She's doing this on the bench, cursing and stuff. They loaded her, bruised, clearly fading, into a white Toyota Tundra and drove towards the nearest hospital until Baker told the police Taylor died. She just died. Okay. Where, where did she die? In the truck. Okay, so let's let's back up because you're going from in the house where she's high, laying on the bed, moving yeah, she around. Yes, she got in the truck. She got okay. in the truck. Okay, so how did she get in the truck? We had, we helped her get in there. Okay, who's we? How does the girl get from the bed to inside the truck? And she's still alive, right? Mm hmm Okay, all right. So if she's alive, does she walk at all, or do you, who carries her? Do you carry her? No. Okay, does D carry her? Does D carry her? It's not bad. It's, 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 she's alive, right? Yes. Okay, so, so she's obviously too high on drugs to walk herself, right? So somebody's got to carry her, right? Nobody's in trouble, right? To carry a girl who's alive to a truck, right? Okay, so who carries her to the truck? Does D carry her to the truck, or does that other guy carry her to the truck? When it was clear that she was dead, Baker and Archer didn't know what to do. She stopped on it. And then she fell. I felt she was sitting up laying down from the side like that. Okay. So it started stinking. She laying down all the way or leaning against no, the door? She was like, I don't know. I don't know. I know she, she on her side, her back? She was, she was, she was like, you sit up and you lay down like this. Mm -hmm. Like that. Okay. So I thought she moved on herself just to be nasty. She like, what? You know what? I thought she moved on herself. But you know what? She probably, she probably did have, I don't know if she had, because I don't know. But I know, I was like, Miss, you boob, I'm, and I'm, this, I promised the guy with my mama. I said, Miss, you boob on yourself? So I was like, oh my God, why would you do that? But I turned around and I'm like, I didn't even know dead bodies, they stuff fall out or whatever it's called. When you die, you just stink. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. So I, I was, I'm talking to her why, why she did. Did you check her both? I touched that lady. <laughs> you didn't touch her at all? I ain't touched that lady. You gave a polygraph. I ain't touched that lady. As soon as Archer touched her arm, she was, oh, oh, she was, I mean, she was moaning and groaning. For a moment, they considered continuing their journey to the hospital. They could leave her there on the sidewalk. Maybe it was not too late to save her, but that is not what they did. I was in truck, so I, I was screwed, so I said, I'm like, hey, bro. And I'm like, bro, what the f? I said, y'all figured me in trouble, bro. Mm -hmm. And I, that's just how I, I said, y'all, I said, bro, this lady. No, actually, I didn't. And I hopped out. They came in. They came in and seen them. And they like, she did. So they heard that. That's what I hopped out of truck. I said, hell no. No, who yeah. told you she was dead? Uh, D, uh, D? They, they say they think she, well, D didn't know, but he was like, hey, what, what's wrong? So it was like that. So that was that. Instead, when they realized that Taylor was no longer breathing, when she no longer had a pulse, they turned around and drove back to Butler's house. Butler would have been furious that they brought her back. Reportedly, he told the pair that they could not bring her back inside his house. I called him again. She had to come back. We have to do what's right. She had to come back. No, no, she can't come back here. That's what he told me. She can't come back here. You know what I mean? So Archer Dedrick said, okay, we have to bury a hole, you know what I mean? Or, or, or Late McGora's here. We have to, no, y'all can't do this. Just leave her. Just leave her. And that's what I told him to do. I kept saying, call the police, bro. I was like, please. And I was scared, and my heart beat my heart.
Like literally, you can hear it. So I was like, bro, I like, They would have to find somewhere else to dispose of her. And that is exactly what they did. After night fell, they drove to an alleyway. They removed her body from the truck and they left her there, alone. At least, that's what they reported happened. When you guys got her out of the truck, how did that happen? Explain to me how that happened. Well, let me ask you this. How did you pick the area that you guys... Did you pick the area? Did you follow somebody there? Or did you all get in the car together or what? So you guys argued outside the truck, right? Well, you didn't. The other guys did, right? Okay. So, you guys realized Okay, she what was... I can tell you is it was... The... Did you hurt her? Are you so afraid to talk? You guys stopped somewhere. Yes. Almost a year passed after Taylor's death before the police made an arrest. While friends and family pointed the finger at Butler, detectives said they did not have enough information to make an arrest or even to issue a search warrant for his home. Instead, they surveilled the property. They followed the cleaning crew. They even tracked down some of the women Butler was sleeping with and tracked their cell phones. After just a few months, the detectives had amassed a huge case file, but they claimed they still did not have enough to issue a search warrant much less to charge anyone with murder. The police also said that while the coroner had filed Taylor's death as a homicide, it was difficult to be sure. In addition to the bruising, the tire marks, the lack of clothes, Taylor also had kidney failure and hepatitis. There were bacteria growing in her heart that made it difficult for it to pump properly. Her drug use had created lung abscesses, and at some point, she had a stroke. All of this trauma has severely weakened her body. They postulated that maybe she had just overdosed, that maybe Butler simply panicked as her body started to fail her. Maybe this wasn't a homicide at all. When they determined that there was not enough evidence to file murder charges, the detectives opted instead for charges of failing to report a death. Anyone convicted on this charge would serve a maximum of three years in prison. So the last time you and I talked, a friend of yours had passed away, okay? And we're trying to figure out what happened to her. The theories. There was a problem, though. There were three 911 calls the night Taylor was found dead in that alleyway. The last was of an abandoned body. The two others were of a woman screaming and a man exiting the alleyway, carrying a woman's purse. And if the men had just left Taylor's dead body there on the cold, damp street, why did she have tire tracks on her legs? They just put her out. Okay. Where they put her out? This is the second avenue of the alleyway. Okay. They just lay her down, mm -hmm. or lay her down, like like a gentle baby, like no, like they just laid her like a baby, just because they was, everybody was scared. Mm -hmm. Just open the door and just push her out. Mm -hmm. Nobody no. kicked her out. Mm -hmm. okay. Um, who See, drove the truck away? That's what I'm telling you. That you see, not understand. Last time, that's what was said. Like I guess it was said that I kicked her out. Nobody said she was kicked out. These facts did not align with the story that Taylor's family was hearing from Butler, Baker, and Archer. Why did people report screaming? 
And why would a middle-aged man who described Taylor as barely conscious not call 911 when he started to notice that she was fading? Allegedly, Butler refused to call the police because of the nature of his relationship with Taylor and the amount of drug paraphernalia in his home. But this explanation does not satisfy Taylor's family. There were three adult men involved in the dumping of her body. Not one of them ever considered calling for help, even while she was still alive. To those who knew Taylor, this smacks of murder. Even if her death really had been an accident, they would have gotten in far less trouble by simply reporting it rather than trying to cover it up. There was also the issue of the scratches allegedly found on Butler's face and arms. DNA taken from under Taylor's fingernails has been positively matched to Butler. And still, there has been no murder charge filed. Her family claimed that the police were slow to investigate this crime because of the drug element. There was evidence that investigators never got to see because they did not issue a search warrant for Robert Butler's home until nearly a year after Taylor had died. In that time, surveillance video, Taylor's other clothing and property were disposed of. The house was cleaned, a mattress was removed from the property, and the white Toyota Tundra had been professionally detailed. But what did Bert do when you guys, you guys went back to Bert's house, all of y'all did, and Archer went and bought lighter fluid? Did you guys, like, burn Taylor's clothes? Did you get rid of Taylor's clothes? Do you know if she has anything left? I mean, they I did a search warrant on on Bert's house, but they that I don't have any... I know Taylor's stuff was there, and I don't I don't know. Archer went and bought lighter fluid. I don't know. Y'all burned your clothes in the... In the... See, I didn't burn anything. So that's, that's what was crazy. Like, you know what I mean? He said that he he, t- he said he told the police that, you know, Bert told him to buy lighter fluid. I didn't know nothing about that. I still had the same clothes on that I, yeah. I didn't burn. You know what I mean? I didn't burn anything. I didn't, you know what I mean? I didn't see him burn anything. He did have the fireplace already going. So that's why I didn't know exactly what he bought lighter fluid for because he got a fireplace. He keep he keeps the little lighter fluid things already ready. Like the little, you know, that, 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 that you could light the wood with. You know what I mean? Yeah. So... You know what I mean? I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know what, what made him, you know what I mean? By the lighter fluid, what, what did he think that he needed it for? You know, I don't know, you know what I mean? Bert, that was, Bert told him to buy it. Bert told Archer to go buy it. And yeah, see, Archer you know what I mean? Yeah, see, I didn't, I didn't know, I didn't know, I don't know what, what, what he did with her, or, or I don't understand what he would would need lighter fluid for, being that he got the little, the little lighter things, but I mean, I mean, he, Archer told him that, you know, Bert told him to buy it. I don't, you know what I mean? I don't. I don't. I don't know nothing about the lighter fluid. I kept the same clothes on that I had on because I didn't. I didn't pick her up or touch her. So I there was I a chance that any of this evidence could have provided the grounds the police needed to go after Butler and his conspirators. In the end, the police claimed there simply were no grounds to file a murder charge, even with Butler's DNA found under Taylor's fingernails, even with the documented scratches on his face and neck. They couldn't prove that he actually caused her death or that he had done it with malicious intent. And while that may be true, we have seen murder charges filed with much less incriminating evidence. They point to cases like Lacey Peterson, where there were almost no physical evidence and a conviction was still secured. Should the fact that Taylor was left, bruised and dead in an alleyway, be enough evidence that something more than just an accident happened to her? For those who knew Taylor, the failure to report a death charge are too little, too late. Taylor's family called them disgusting. And still, more than three years later, her parents wait for justice. High five.
and Taco Bell. <laughs> Thank you guys. Bye, Bob. Thank you. See ya. Butler killed my baby. It might not have happened right at his house, but it happened because of him. Right. And I need anybody to remember anything because I'm never gonna get her back, and I gotta, I gotta look at her babies. That's right. I agree. You know, I, I agree. gotta look at her babies, and then she's gone. In a post on their Facebook page, they wrote, "None of us will ever be the same without her. There is no healing or moving on." Say, I love you, mom. I love, I love you, mom. mom. Give her kisses. Give her one more kiss, Char. No accepting she's in a better place. Tom won't make it better. One, two, three. Happy birthday to you. Losing a child is a feeling you cannot explain. Happy birthday, dear Charlie and Maddie. Everything is a constant reminder of her.